CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What's up, nerds? This is Just a Couple Arslings, The Last Kingdom podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Toomer. And I'm Alyssa Fixie. We are writers for Sci-Fi Wires fangirls who started recapping The Last Kingdom in season three, so we decided to bring that nerdy, horny energy to Podcastlandia. Jessica, how are you doing? Woo! It's, uh, it's been a week. So I feel like last episode we, like, fangirled out about the Emmys. Yeah. Um, and it's it's going to get real serious in our small talk, <laughs> talk uh, this episode because well, we're kinda, some shit has gone down. We're kind of living through a real, I think it's going to be a pretty crazy period of history. It already is a pretty crazy period of history. Dark times. Yeah. Dark times. Yeah. So uh, their Democrats are pushing forward with the uh, impeachment inquiry. Nancy Pelosi decided to do her job. Oh, my God. Did you see that tweet? Um, it's like a, it's a, basically like a six second clip of like, uh, Pelosi like coming up to the podium to like take questions from the press. Uh-huh. Someone was like, "This is me like coming in like five minutes late with my like streusel and my coffee to like work <laughs> because her face is just like it's so it's like a deer in headlights because I just don't think they thought this would ever. I don't think they had ever really planned to do this, right? And I think things are pushing them to do it. Sure. And uh, yeah, it's it's hilarious. You've got to find it. But that's the only way I, I survive these things is, like, memes and GIFs on Twitter. <laughs> they, you know, it's kind of crazy. Like, the life cycle of a meme is insane to me. Like, it was within just, like, an hour or less of, you know, the news coming out. And people were already had, like, Photoshop stuff, videos. And I'm just like, have you just had this waiting in your drafts for this moment to come? Like, have... How do people work so quickly? I don't understand. I don't understand. That's what I'm saying. Are they just, like, waiting by their computer for, like, something to happen? I... And also, it's, like, some of these memes and, and gifts and things are just so fucking clever that it, mm. like, pisses me off. Because I'm, like— Who thinks so quickly I mean, on their art. feet? It's high art yeah. <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. yeah That—it really bothers me when someone is just, like, so, like, witty and snappy and, like, it's not even— they don't even have to try. I know. You know what I mean? I know. I'm not God. I'm not that good at Twitter. I mean, I'm okay, but like I'm not I just I don't have the energy to just have something clever to say about every single thing that happens. I just I can't yeah. I can't it's live like so, that. <laughs> it's so annoying. And you know what is worse? Mm. We work with people who are at good at it. Wire fangirls. Who are so fucking good at Twitter, okay? I know. And then, and then you get to our accounts, our handles, and it's like, I had toast for breakfast today. Or so. I mean, it's just, it's such a drop-off. Listen, so, but everybody also follow us on Twitter. We are kind of funny sometimes. I mean, sometimes we're funny, I think, yeah. So I'm, I'm not, like, selling us I know, well. but, like, also, um, yeah, I totally get but it. But you know what? All of our, like, fun coworkers also tweet with us on Twitter, so, like, there's another incentive Right, for right. We may not be as good <laughs> as Carly and Courtney, but we do our best. God, Courtney is so fucking good, and it pisses me I off. I know, I know. Go follow Courtney. Love you, Courtney. Go follow Courtney Love you, Courtney. She's amazing. Anyway. She's the best. But yeah, so America's in turmoil. It's fine. 
it's not fine, but <laughs> it's all right. We're going to be fine. I just, I feel like we're entering and like, it's just, it's going to be such an ugly but necessary period. And I'm just, I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm worried about how certain people are going to take it. I don't know. I see the pros and cons of both. I think it's like, what, we have like one more year to just suffer through him. But also, that's a year that he could really just, I mean, look what they've already been able to do. And I think it's more a matter of principle <laughs> at this point. You know what I mean? Like, in t- like yeah. the damage has been done, but like right. somebody needs to answer for it. Anyway, yeah, yeah, a lot of micro or macro uh, troubles in the world. How's like you know the smaller side of life doing? Oh my God, it's so good, Alyssa. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, that's sarcasm. Yeah. No, my um, <clears throat> my roommate, who shall remain unnamed, mm. because I I she's still going through it. It's like the worst, and I feel so terrible for her. Had her identity stolen nightmare uh, this week. Such a nightmare. And if you've ever seen that movie with Melissa McCarthy and Jason Bateman, where it makes it seem like, oh, it, it can be like a fun road trip at the at the end of it. And, mm. you know, like they become friends and, <laughs> and all this different stuff. That's not how it is. Uh, um, that's awful. So just like be careful of the information that you give out to people and recognize, too, that like sometimes people... I mean, like you, so you hear these stories and you think like, okay, well, there are tons of red flags. You shouldn't give out this information. You know that. Why did you do that? But there are like certain points of your life where you're very vulnerable and you don't even realize it. Mm. And so, and people can like take advantage of that. So just with this, like they were able to just really scare the shit out of her and give her, tell her that someone had already stolen her identity and that. There were arrest warrants out for her in Texas. What? And, I mean, they took it to the next level. There were they it was like she got transferred to an officer with Social Security Administration. They gave her case ID numbers and warrant numbers. I mean, it was very elaborate. Wow. So they're getting they're getting smarter about how they do it. And they're really like they really try to scare you like up front so that everything after is just a rush to like fix this problem that they've told you exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it doesn't. So just be careful. And you know what? Like one. Um, so we had to have, we had to have police officers over to our house mm-hmm. just to take a statement for her. And my dumbass, I'm like over here, like cleaning the kitchen. I put some Elton John on. <laughs> I light a candle. I just really want to set the mood. Right. Um, it's like a eucalyptus anti-stress. Everybody candle. needs to just chill just, out. Yeah. Let's all chill. Yeah. That's my thinking. Um, yeah. Let me put on some rocket man. It'll be fine. Right. Uh, and uh, the, you know, the police officer did say one really interesting thing. Which was like, so if you ever have an arrest warrant out on you, Alyssa, they're not going to call your ass. They're just going to come pick you up. Like, they know they'll find out where you are and they'll come get you. So if anyone ever, like, starts off a scam saying there's an arrest warrant out for you, did you know that? Like, that's a lie. Yeah. So just be careful of your shit. Don't give it out to people. Yeah. Don't trust people. The world is terrible. People are terrible. (laughs) And... Yeah, that's, you know, glass half full, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) The world is terrible. Trust no one. Right. And that's all I can say about that. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Well, trusting no one is a pretty good segue into this episode, I think. 
Um, season two of episode two. Basically, Uchard has basically been the victim of identity theft in this episode. Kind of. Kind of. He really, it's a rough one. He's getting sold into slavery. His uncle is telling people to call him Osbert. He's not Uchard anymore. Which, like, who, could, mean, who, could look at, who could look at him and be like, yes, that is a man named Osbert. Mm. Absolutely. That's an Osbert right there. <laughs> Absolutely yeah, not. <laughs> but yeah, let's get into it. So Carton sends his men to find Uhtred. And Citric is there, which is good. Oh, Citric. I loved, like, you know, the crew coming together a little bit more. Hey, and I totally forgot that Citric was Kiartan's like, Me too. bastard son. I completely forgot about that. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I guess that was a thing. But yeah, I definitely forgot about that, too. Um, but yeah, Uhtred is busy, you know, trying to shape up Gutrid's men. You know, I always love a training scene. That's kind of fun. And I'm not <laughs> the only one because Gisela was there watching it, not so subtly biting her lip. Like, she was super into it. Like, they're into each other. It's great. Oh. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of uh, sexual tension this episode between them. Lots of long looks. I mm, um, love a longing and- look. Got, gotta love it. But you know who doesn't love it? The priest. Ugh, of course. Always causing Fucking trouble. <laughs> boner patrol over here. <laughs> I've seen you look at my sister. <laughs> well, she attracts the eye. What can I say? Gisela has value. As do I. Yeah, so so Uhtred obviously has a thing for Gisela. I mean, he's... He's gone probably like a, a year without a girlfriend, so that's a that's a long time for him. He took his time, sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like, sadly, Gisela is not the right choice. I love I love her, mm-hmm. and she's I I really come to like her this episode because we get to see a little bit more of who she is and and her principles and things like that. She's a strong woman, but she is not the right choice right now, bro. Like, you're still trying to get in good with her brother. You know that she is the sister of a king. Mm-hmm. She has a political purpose. She can't just, like, marry for love. So, yeah, so shagging her in the tent is not the best choice. And yet, that's what our Uhtred does. Yeah, they get there. It's You know, it's they, t- they talk in this episode a lot about sort of the roles that these women have to play with, you know, Gisla and a little bit with Athelflaed, too, that, you know, they don't have a lot of political power on their own but they do have a lot of political power in the fact that they're they're used basically as pawns for their brother for their Mm -hmm. father and you know they have power in their you know inherent value which feels really gross to say but it's true but it's Mm -hmm. not power for themselves it's power for whosoever side they're on and so she you know she has a job to do which is to marry well and you know get guthrid his allies, but, uh, you know, when Uhtred's walking around looking so fine, who can blame a girl? Seriously. And Gisela's not about that life. Like, she's very independent. Yeah. And she has this talk with uh, Uhtred in the chapel. Um, sexy talk in the chapel. Love it. I love it. But she's, <laughs> she's very, she's very, like, clear that, you know, she is not, she plays this role to appease her brother and to appease the 
the priests and but she's not a christian she doesn't consider herself one and she also doesn't see herself as a pawn she doesn't want to be used that way mm-hmm. she asks utra to kind of warn her if he hears her brother like plotting to marry her off to someone right. because she's going to decide what she needs to do and so you know i think that almost as like a signal to Uhtred, like, okay, I can pursue this woman because she's going to tell me if she wants me to or not. She's And she's not going to go, you know, with the, the status quo and what her brother tells her to do. So if I'm having feelings for her, I should just, like, jump in. Right. Um, not not what you should do, <laughs> but... Not I what think, you should do when there are other priests wandering around fully willing to narc on you. Like, 100% totally. going to sell you out. Yeah, so I think we need to discuss that because that, to me, felt like a very big issue this episode with Guthrid. So so Guthrid starts out really cool, obviously, last episode. He was yeah, growing up Yeah, we liked him last Uhtred. episode. Mm-hmm, loved him. And it's it feels like, again, I'm not sure how much time has passed. It's unclear. Maybe a few weeks, maybe a couple months. I don't know. I would probably say a few months because it looked like they had sort of gotten the town under control again. Guthred was a little bit more established in his kingliness. And that kind of stuff doesn't happen overnight. So I would probably say probably between six months and a year. I mean, it's got to be long enough for these tensions to have kind of simmered. Because when we... When we see them this episode, there is there's a strain in that relationship and you see it like in subtle ways. And I think, you know, the priest. So Brother Abbott is kind of just in Guthrid's ear, you know, spewing all this shit about how Uhtred could rise up, how he has the loyalty of the men. He inspires the men. But that's I mean, that's his job. He's leader of the army. It's just you see what a precarious position Uhtred is in because you need to gain favor with the king to get these kind of positions, but you can't gain so much loyalty and and inspire so many people that you're seen as a threat to the throne. And so Uhtred, of course, has no idea that that's how, you know, Guthrid is, is viewing him now and what people are saying. He's just going about his own way, cocky-ass self, doing what he wants to do. And that only kind of proves, you know, what Brother Abbott is saying to Guthrid. And it's sad because I felt like they had a good, like, little bromance As a beginning. going. Well, the thing is, is Uhtred's getting it from all sides, you know? Like, Kjartan's men show up and they lie their way into Guthrid's good mm. favor. And then, like, you know, they're cornering Uhtred in the stable and trying to kill him or trying to take him away to, you know— serve his purpose to Kjartan or whatever. And luckily, like, Haleg and the giant dude with the mustache, Klappa. Klappa? Klappa. It's Klappa. Yeah. I always remember that because it's just clap. Uh. <laughs> Whoa, that's a good one. I'm so smart. <laughs> but yeah, so, so like, they come and save him. They kill all the guys except for Citric, who's allowed to live. And yeah, Thank but God. like... <laughs> everybody everybody kind of is out to get Uhtred in this episode, which sucks because, you know, in other areas of his life, things are going really well. Like, he has a purpose. He's in love with Gisela. Like, you know, it's not so bad. But then everybody's starting these horrible whisper campaigns against him and can't just enjoy things for a while. He's not allowed. Promise me you won't do anything stupid. <laughs> How can I make a promise that I cannot keep? Stupid is in my nature. Mm-hmm. Things are never going to be easy for Uhtred. Never. And, you know, it sucks. Like, so, you know, Bioka has to go. Uh, basically, what they want to do, what 
Uhtred wants Guthra to do is march north. Mm-hmm. So they've they've won some victories. Um, they've got some men. They're going to go and establish He's, themselves at Efferwich and like right. set up a stronghold. So they want to take up that town, and then you know the plan is to keep marching and to you know take Kiartan's, uh kind of fortress that he has mm-hmm. that's like impenetrable, I guess, um, and and then go on to Bebenburg. So Uhtred has a plan in place, and he, he kind of has to like every step of the way, like make sure that Guthrid is on board and. Guthrid, of course, can't, you know, wipe his own ass, let alone march his men without a priest telling him that it's God's will. So there's that kind of push and pull that back and forth between them because Uhtred is just gung-ho and he knows he has to take advantage of the momentum. He has a warrior's mind and that's the way he thinks. And you can tell that Guthrid is is swayed a little bit more by the priest than he was in the last episode for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think that causes most of the trouble in their relationship and— it's hard. It's a lot. And <laughs> I thought things were like looking up for Uhtred. They're not. They're really, really not. And it's hard because, you know, he loses some allies like Bayaka heads back to Wessex, bringing some of St. Cuthbert's teeth to Alfred, which, you know. What a gift. <laughs> yikes. And I kind of laughed like I liked it. I, I just, you know, when Bayoka is great, he's great. You know, like sometimes mm-hmm. he drives me crazy and I'm like, oh, please shut up. You're the worst. But also I really when he and Uhtred are getting along. I love it. And I liked it when, you know, he tells him not to do anything stupid because he wants him to survive. And I loved it when Uhtred tells him stupid is in my nature. Um, I just, you know, Uhtred's great. And it's funny because, like, you know, I feel like recently everybody's talking about sapiosexuals and like, oh, like, I love hot, you know, people who are smart. That's what I really love. And I'm like, you know what? Sometimes you just like a hot dummy. That's fine. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And Uhtred, God bless him, is sometimes a hot dummy. But he knows you that. Know He's smart enough, though. Right. Yeah. He knows that. Know that about himself now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> After all of the shit he's done, he's recognized that about himself. No, that that goodbye was so sweet and so emotional. I was I was really surprised by like how emotional they both got about yeah. it. Yeah. I know when he says that, you know, the only priest he would have at Bevan Burbank is Bayoka. Is Bayoka? <laughs> oh God. I know. It was yeah. There was a little tear coming out of my eye. Um so yeah, so I think Losing Bayoka, again, that's a measuring influence on him that he doesn't have. And even when he, you know, goes, Bayoka's like, dude, watch out for these priests. Like, they do not like you. Like you. They don't believe that you, you know, are a Christian and, and all of this stuff. And they're they're going to be out to get you. And it's like, Uchard almost kind of like shrugs it off in a way. Yeah. And, Again, it's that thing of underestimating his opponent, and he sees these guys in robes and thinks, you know, I'm good in good with the king. I'm fine. Right. I'm leading this army. He's Katie it's Heron. Be totally cool. He's Katie Heron, and they're totally gonna mean girl him. Like totally. 100%. Oh my god, so true. Yeah, that's what these priests are. Yeah, they're the plastic. One hundred percent. No, so so yeah, I I think Uhtred was warned, uh, and. And there were plenty of signs mm-hmm. that he should have paid attention to, like screaming at Brother Abbott, you know, while you're trying to decide whether to kill Citric or not. Not the best move. Like, yeah. he just doesn't have that subtle, like, he doesn't have that politician's mind of, like, let me play the game. Right. And I'm still in it for myself and I'm going to do what I want, but let me play the game so they think that I'm going along. He needs to take, like, some lessons from fucking Gisela because that's what she's been doing this whole damn time. Right. Yeah, no, she is very much, you know, 
she pays attention to what people are saying and she sort of measures her response because of that, you know? Like yeah. she is not going to fly off the handle. She knows that she has to think things through because she doesn't always have a ton of options. I would like to have some of their mail or leather. I will earn it by taking the first head. You can take what you want. Just take it. No, I will earn it. You earned it at the stage. I need to become accustomed. Another person taking advantage of all of her options is Hild, taking on some armor, earning that armor by cutting off a head with a knife. Like, yikes, that is probably the hardest way to do that. A kitchen knife, dude. Uh, I mean, it, and it looked blunt as hell. Yeah. And she, she cut off really that head, let though. it go. Yeah. Yeah, she did. She had, she got some rage issues out there. And I was like, I was a little taken aback. I was like, oh, I think Hild. everybody was. All right, Hill. That is a, yeah. a darker side Alec of you. I was over there like, oh, shit, yeah. girl. <laughs> like, we use the axe. Right. You don't have She's to do like, it this nope, way. Nope, we're going to do it the hard way. I'm going to earn this. And woof, she does. Well, you know, to me, it makes sense, though, because Hild, since the beginning of the season, um, has been kind of on this path of, like, I want to learn sword skill. I want to be able to protect myself. Mm-hmm. And this is just, for her, I think, in her mind, it's just another way of, you know, take it's taking another step on that path because she's got to learn what it feels like to really stab a man and to cut off their head and to be that brutal and to be unfeeling in that way because that's what it's going to take to defend herself in this world. And I think she realizes that, um, especially if she's riding with Uhtred, who gets into all kind of, you know, trouble whenever. So <clears throat> it was a it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a choice. Yeah. But I think it was the right choice. Yeah, it was. I think, you know, she's doing what she has to do. I'm so impressed with how... You know, with how the show handles different... We've talked about this in the past, but I think it's really apparent in this episode how um, different types of women are allowed to exist. You know, you've got Hild, mm. who is deeply religious and also learning, you know, how to be a swordswoman. And then you have Gisela, who's a little bit more shrewd and a little bit more ambitious in a different way. And then, you know, you see a little bit of Athelfled training and you see her mother Ooh. and... You know, you see a bunch of different kinds of women, and each of them are different. And I like that it's sort of presented that there are different types of strength instead of just like, I'm going to wield a sword and kick your ass. There's a lot more nuance to it, which I think is truer to actual women. So I appreciate that. Yeah, it's definitely interesting when you look at how women are like held up against the men. I feel like we see a lot more variety Mm -hmm. in the women on this show than we do in the men. So I really appreciate that and that's not something i thought we would have when we started the show mm-hmm. so the, i think the more we dig into it with this podcast like the the more we realize that you know talking about mildred last season and kind of seeing her in a new light i feel like i i see gisela in a new light because when we you know binge watched it a long time ago i was just like well this is another girl for utrid you know and what i mean think, it's it's easy to yeah and i think if anything gisela might err on the side of being a little bit too perfect you know like she's mm-hmm. like she's a good political player she's super smart she's super you know savvy and also she's you know in love with utrid and she doesn't really have a lot of flaws but mm-hmm. at, at least not yet and i think that's I mean, it's a little one-dimensional, but at the same time, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take it's it. It's fine. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I think we need to talk about two. So, 
Gisela and Uhtred hooking up is a big deal in the episode, but um, there's also Siegfried and Eric yes. who hook up with Guthrid yes. in a different way. Just your name? I'm called Citric Lord. Please, I'm not loyal to Kjartan and never can be. You swear your sword is mine? On Thor's hammer. I do, Lord. Yeah, you know, you have um, Adred, the the brother Abbott, who's, you know, he's whispering in Uhtred, or not in Uhtred, Guthred. Uhtred and Guthred are too similar. They're killing me with these names. God. Well, the names, I know. yeah. Um, Guthred is like, you know, he loves Uhtred, whatever, he sees his value, but Adred is like, hey, man, yeah, you're not the only one seeing his value. Everybody else is, like, all on his jock, too, so maybe start to assert yourself a bit more. But I feel like in trying to put his foot down, he really just shoots himself in the same foot. Like, he calls for Eric and Siegfried to come and sort of meet with them when they really could have easily just wiped them out, which may not be the most diplomatic way to handle it, but it would, it would probably be better for them in the long run. Okay, so I'm, I'm happy that they didn't do that because right. ugh, our sweet I know. Danish cream puff is safe. But, <laughs> I would not call him um, a Danish cream puff, but like, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> don't listen, you're right. He, is a, he, is, a, he is a secret softie. It's fine. It's fine. He is. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but for me, Guthrid, it's, it's really interesting to see how kind of docile Guthrid is yes. in a way because. So he's grown up, and I get it, because he's grown up in slavery, you're beaten down constantly, mm-hmm. like that shapes a person. Sure. But now that you're king and you have this power, I would think you would look back on that time as a slave and be like, you know what, I can't let anyone step on me. I can't let anyone get something over on me, because that's what happens. Yeah. And that is not how he approaches this meeting with Eric and Siegfried. He is all about kind of extending this olive branch and, you know— combining their forces to take on Kjartan, which is a semi-smart plan, except that he just totally takes them at their word and is like, yeah, uh, you guys say that we should just, like, you know, surround the fortress and and wait them out and not let them have food and, and all of this stuff and kind of just kill them slowly, totally, I'm down. Right. But if you think about that plan, that's going to take a long-ass time. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to keep all of your men uh, sober and in the fight, like they're gonna have, you're gonna have to keep spirits and morale up for a very long time. Right. You're gonna have to feed and water and clothe all your men it's for that a long. Huge, they're gonna be away from their farms. Right. It's a lot. It's a huge endeavor and one that I don't think he has the resources to support at this point in time. He doesn't, and Uhtred knows it. Right, and that's the thing. Like after everything that just happened with Keratin's men, like they tried to join the guard and they've turned out to be evil, whatever. And then he's immediately ready to like, let these dudes in and totally discount Uhtred's word, even though, you know, Uhtred is, Uhtred has given him no reason to doubt him at this point. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's frustrating that he makes such, I don't know, such easily avoided mistakes just because he wants to, you know, assert himself in a way that's not how Uhtred would do it. It's been put in his mind that Uhtred is some kind of, he's in some kind of competition with him. Mm -hmm. And so this is the easiest way to piss Uhtred off and to go against him and to show that he's, He's got his own mind, and it's just. But so he doesn't petty really. He doesn't really have he his own mind. No. Um, honestly, it makes me miss Alfred. Like we barely see Alfred in this mm. episode. We barely saw him in the last one. And like, yes, we've we have definitely talked our fair share of shit about Alfred. But at the same time, you always know that it's Alfred making those decisions. 
You know what I mean? Sure. Like, Alfred is his own man. And Alfred, like, even when he's the worst, he's still compelling and interesting. You know what I mean? Guthred, he's just, he's so easy. He's a wet blanket. He is a wet blanket. He's absolutely spineless. And I'm sick of him already. I feel like he's not going to be long for this world because, so, so Guthred, you know, makes this, uh, this pact with Eric and Siegfried. Mm-hmm. He also um, is listening to Brother Abbott, and Brother Abbott is is planning, you know, behind everyone's back. He sends Brother True up north to uh, bargain with Uhtred's uncle, yeah. um, thinking, you know, if we're going to do this whole wait them out plan, we're going to need more men. We, we're going to want Christian men. We're not going to want Vikings. We're not going to want Danes. We're going to want people that we know are loyal to us because of their faith. Right. Um, and Aelfric not, still not hates a stupid thought. Right. Um, right. Like, yeah. that's not, oh. you know, that's not a wrong thought, but like, geez, the backhanded way he did it is so gross. It's manipulative. Yeah, but, for sure. But yeah, shitty Uncle Aelfric still hates Uhtred, even though he's the one, he's the one who wronged him so badly, but he's still like, ugh, Uhtred, as long as he lives and breathes, my kingdom isn't safe. It's just the worst. Because it's not your kingdom, It's not dude. yours, you stole you tried it. to kill a little boy. Right, right. God. I know. The nerve of white men, man. <laughs> um... It's just, it's insane. And so, yeah, so Abbott and, uh, uh, what is his name? I just don't even care to remember. Wait, who are you talking about? Abbott and the asshole. Um, okay, the Abbott, the Abbott who's, like, really plotting is named Adred. And then the okay. uncle is Aelfric. Very similar okay. names. Adred and Aelfric. Yes. All right, fuck both those guys. Right. But they're plotting together. Yes. Um, and in the meantime, Uhtred... <laughs> Is having a good old time with Gisela. Mm. Their romance is really kind of taken off. They're like braiding each other's hair and telling each other secrets. Mm-hmm. And he goes to Guthrid and um Well first he goes well first he goes over to Dunholm to um Kjartan's place and oh, like yeah, the stakes. Yeah, he leaves the head on <laughs> heads on the stakes as a message and like, you know, does the undead horse. He does a little dead. <laughs> He does the dead horseman bit again, just to like let Keratin know that he's he's coming for just him, for fun. just for funsies. You know, it's Halloween. <laughs> it's, it's Halloween soon. Come he on. might as well dress up. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. He, uh, I'm sure that had to make him feel good too, because yeah, it looks like Keratin a great is time. just the fucking worst. Yeah, he's awful. Um, and uh, your your ancestor yes. gets killed. Fisca, bye. <laughs> the family's ashamed of you. It's fine. God. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then he he comes back and Guthrie's like, "Yo, man, where you been?" And uh, Uhtred doesn't tell Uhtred's him. Like, He's like, "Getting mm, some air, chilling out. It's fine. <laughs> Just went for a walk. Like, <laughs> come on, man." Um, but that kind of leads into this tense conversation that they have. Which is just so, everything, every kind of exchange is so thinly veiled. You know, yeah. it's like Guthrid is joking with Uhtred about, oh, like, you know, all the men love you. Like, I could see you as a big threat. and But that's, he's he jokes about it, but it's not really a joke. Right, but Uhtred knows that too and is like, you're right, I could be a big you're threat. You're right, yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, it was so uncomfortable to watch because I just, I had a feeling of where it was going to go. And... Uhtred thinks that this is the appropriate time to kind of wield any power or leverage he has Mistake. to demand Gisela's <laughs> hand in marriage, which, dude, he's already made some dumbass he's, decisions, oh, but this takes the cake. Like, he's told him, like, a few scenes ago, hey, 
maybe you should like take a wife, but it's definitely one thousand percent not gonna be Gisela. So yeah, she's I've she, I've got her like planned for something else, right? So and, maybe hook up with him, right? And if anything, things have gotten more tense between them. So I don't know why Uhtred thought, yeah, this is my time. This is this is gonna go well. I mean, shoot your shot, but you got to time it right, okay? And he does not do that. And so what ends up happening is, you know, Guthrid kind of just smiles through it. And uh-huh. is like, yeah, sure, blah, blah, blah. I learned humility as a slave. <laughs> with, the un- with the unspoken second part being, and so will you. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it, it was. is. That's uh, exactly what it is. And, you know, I guess, you know, you could say about Guthrid, at least he didn't cut off his head and send it to his uncle. But like, yikes, this is almost it's it's, it's bad. Worse. <laughs> it's worse. I mean, I mean this is the dude that like saved you, like freed you from slavery. And now you're putting him in chains. Yeah, that's, that's some dark irony, dude. Like that's it really that is. is not. That's not great. Stomach churning stuff. Um, thankfully, though, Hild, our, our sweet Hild. She's the best. She um, takes Uhtred's sword. Saves his sword. And <laughs> gets the hell out of there. Because like with Halig. It's the hell out of Dodge. With Halig and Uhtred gone, like she doesn't have any allies anymore. So she. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I would worry about her because Guthrid talked about how he really liked her. So like I would worry what would be her fate if she had like stayed there, you know? So, yeah, I do not trust that. Yeah, dude. don't. So she like gets the hell out of Dodge and goes to find Alfred and is like, hey, I know you guys haven't like broed out in a while, but Uhtred really needs your help. He is lost, Hild. I do not readily see how I can help him. You cannot. But Lord Hild, he could be across the seas by now. Cannot be true. He is Uhtred. He is lost, father. No! Father, it is Uhtred. He kept us safe. Uh, Uhtred fled. Shush. And Alfred's like, sorry, yo, what can I do from all the way down here? Yeah, like, um, Aleswith is like, <laughs> hell yeah, Uhtred's gone again. You know, Athelflaed. He's already across the sea. Yeah. How will we ever find him? It's too hard. <laughs> he hasn't turned on find your friends on his phone. You'll never find him. <laughs> and, you know, Athelflaed is like, mom, quit being a bitch. It's, you know, it's Uhtred. He loves us and he saved us and, like, we need to do the same. And uh, Bayoka was, like, ready to go for the mat you know, go to the mat for him, too, which was really touching. I'll search forever. Right. I'll do it forever. <laughs> like, and they're like, the end of my and, life. And they're like, Bayoka, you are not exactly Dude. an outdoorsman. <laughs> you will not like, make it. Good on you that you're going to search for your friend. That's real sweet. But like, you ain't going to find it. Right. So, you know, they, um, someone has the smart idea. I think it's, it's, it's Otta. um Otta. Yeah. Uh, He's over his head trauma. Still, still it's repping. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Still doing the thing. He has a smart idea. Hey, we've got two Danes in custody. They're related to Uhtred. They would care about finding him. And they're people of Let's their word. Let, yeah. And they're people of their word. Let's let Ragnar go find his brother. He's going to be the most invested. He's the most capable. Alfred, to his yeah. credit, gets on board pretty quickly. Pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, he's been having these like little like therapy sessions with Brita and Ragnar for a bit, though. So it it makes me think, like, he's gotten to know them, and he knows that they are also, you know, honorable people. Mm -hmm. Um, As much as he disagrees and maybe even dislikes Brita, I think he trusts them to to keep their word. And so, yeah, that's how the the episode ends. And I I just got so excited because I really want to see Ragnar and Hild just... Having adventures together. Yeah. Ending, 
Find an Uhtred. Yeah, like they set out. Uhtred gets put on a slaving ship. It's a rough time. It is a rough, mm. rough time. It's a rough end to the it's episode. Sad. And you're just like, oh, this is not great. Here we go again. <laughs> Speaking of me. I expected Here any different. Here we go again. <laughs> So now it's time for our next episode wishes. This is when we issue our demands for upcoming episodes, like the spoiled toddlers we are. Here's what we want to see, when we want to see it, and why we won't be denied. Alyssa, what do you want to see next episode? Well, I'm super stoked to see Brita and Ragnar back in action. Even you yes. know, even if it's terrible circumstances, like I love them and they're being wasted away in those prison cells. So I'm super stoked about that. And I just, the Uhtred Ragnar relationship is just, it's so wonderful to me. Like sibling bonds are always, they always just like get me right in my throat. Um, so I'm, I'm ready for that. And I'm ready to see more of them, you know, working together. And, you know, it's, it's going to take a lot. Cause like, okay, I don't, I'm trying to remember the episode, but they're not super clear on like how long Uhtred is on that ship. But in the right. in the books, it's two years. He's in slavery for Jesus. two years. So it's like, you know, this is really a turning point for Uhtred. And so I'm I'm sort of ready to see how he comes back from this. I think that's it's a really important part in his development. Um, and I'm also ready to, like, get back to Alfred. Like, I never thought that I would say this after season one, but Guthrid sucks, and Alfred's at least compelling and interesting, and, like, I get what he's doing instead of just being, like, completely wishy-washy about everything. So, yeah, like, let's go back to Wessex. Northumbria sucks. Let's go back to Wessex. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think... Two years is insane. Yeah. Because that's like 20 years in medieval time because you don't live that long. Right. So that's a that's a big chunk of your life that's just, oof. I I, I don't know how much time it's going to be in the show, but I, I know, I remember it's definitely enough to like have an effect on him. So yeah. in that vein, I would like to see um, him be okay. Mm-hmm. I would like to see him survive. I want to see Halleck survive. Um, uh, Dude was like ride or die for him. Well, I know it's probably okay, Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> I just the tone of your voice. I get it. I'm preparing myself because nothing I want ever happens. Right. But yeah. that's what I want. Um, but more than anything, I want to see. I want to see Hild and Ragnar kind of go on this adventure together, saving their bro. Oh yeah, Brita's gonna come along. What um, a powerful trio, Brita, Hild, and God, Ragnar. Like, oh my the god, the power they wield. I mean, they could just like totally change the world if they wanted to yeah uh and it's it's gonna be it's fun i always find it fun when you have like characters that are kind of on opposing sides and that's what hild's been with brita and ragnar she's never been you know on their side or even like really kind of had a conversation with them or anything but she's relying on them to like find utrid and so they've got a common goal and i love when enemies like join together for a common goal oh yeah it's like one of the tropes that really gets me so good so um i want to just milk that thing for all it's worth this season. <laughs> yeah. And I always enjoy kind of like odd couples, you know, characters that you would never throw together. And I wouldn't, you know, Ragnar right. and Hild are not, you know, the obvious choice, like a nun and a Viking lord. Like, come on. <sighs> and it's always, I just, I love odd couples and it's so good. So good. I'm excited. 
So The Last Kingdom has a massive cast of interesting characters and nearly everyone gets their time to shine. Our Arsling of the Week is the character who truly goes above and beyond to win the war or simply win our hearts. Jessica, who is your Arsling in this episode? Okay, so I'm going to give a shout out to Halleck. Yeah. Um, he, most of the time when we see him, he's kind of drunk off his ass or he's following Uchi around like a little puppy. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't command a lot of uh, power or weight on the show, but this episode, he was able to kind of get away from the the drink a little bit, mm-hmm. not be so white girl wasted, and <laughs> put really down the white kind of claw. Come yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put down the white claw. Um, he came through, and he noticed that those ugly Danes were at their dinner table, and was like, "What's happening?" And he saved Uhtred's eye, and that's something. Mm. And then, you know, Uhtred kind of gets sold off into slavery, kind of. and Uhtred's <laughs> over here, kind of, <laughs> he does. Um, and uh, he's over here like, dude, don't take it out on this man. Halleck's my friend. He hasn't done anything to anyone. And Halleck's like, no, bro. Like, if you're going on that ship, I'm going on that ship. Yeah. Is it probably the last decision he ever makes? Sure. <laughs> but he's a he's a low-key writer died. I really appreciated that this episode. Listen, you're right. Haleg, he deserves. I know. <laughs> You're right. He end of episode. <laughs> you know he deserves like all the praise that we can give him. But I'm gonna go ahead and pick Citric. Um, you know he becomes like so integral to the team so quickly, and like you said earlier, like I completely forgot that he was Carton's bastard. So right, yeah, like my jaw dropped when he said just nonchalantly throws that out. there. Right, I completely forgot that because you know we see how like how far he comes and how important he becomes to Uhtred, and yeah, what I like about. Citric is like this is a guy who wants to be better than his upbringing you know what I mean like he's willing to do the work to make himself into something that he can actually be proud of you know like he doesn't just want to be known as Keratin's bastard son like that's just that name and that sort of title is going to follow him around forever he wants to be a good and honorable man and he sort of sees working with Uhtred as a means to accomplish that and I you know I love it when a sort of baddie tries to make himself better you know I it's something that I always enjoy so hell yeah I'm on board Team Citric. I mean, it it definitely like proves like it's not all about nature. Right. It's about nurture too. So, however, like Citric was raised right. was so different from Sven, and you can tell that. Right. So, yeah. He and Sven I, are totally technically brothers. What? That's brothers. That's crazy. That that's crazy yeah. to me. The genes are much better with Citric side. I think. Yeah, he must have had a really <laughs> good mom. <laughs> So get ready to shave none, the worst character of the episode with us. It doesn't matter if you're a Saxon or a Dane. Anyone can be a turd, and we're calling out the biggest one of the episode. So, Alyssa, who were you just could not stand this episode? All right. Well, this was an episode full of shitheads. Like, <laughs> everybody's scheming. To put it right. Bunch of shitheads. But I'm going to go with the Abbot. Um, Adrid, like, this was such a backstabber, and he, he was so dishonest in his, like, you know, the way he wanted to achieve his goals, you know, instead of being straight with Guthrid about what he wants, like, obviously he wants more power, Christian dominion, an alliance with Aelfric and Bebenberg, and, like, all that comes along with that. He just starts this whisper campaign and sort of manipulates everyone around him into compliance. 
you know, if you're going to be such a snake, just be upfront about it. Like, own your evilness. So that guy, and then you've got, like, you know, Brother True, the narc, who's, like, totally down to do his dirty work. That, those guys, just, like... Also, like, what a peeping Tom. What a peeping like, Tom! outside the tent. Jesus! And he'll try to be like, Brother True, you good? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like... Dude. Right. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah. It's not cute. It's bad. Be less skeevy. It's just the skeeviness level. It's through the roof. So, yeah. Those dudes. Fuck them. He believes himself to be above each one of us and he is loved by the men. They will follow him. I have to say, I worry that Bebenberg will not be enough for such a man. He's a warrior. Warriors crave war. Agreed. Uh, it's a tie for me this week, so definitely the Abbott and, and all of that shit. I think what's worse, for me at least, the priests, when they when they do their kind of plotting and they do their shitty behavior, mm-hmm. there's there's an end goal. There's they've they're working towards something, you know? Yeah. They've they've got some schemes. Mm. So Goose They have their five year plan. <clears throat> <laughs> exactly. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Um with someone like Guthrid he just totally buys everyone's bullshit. Yeah. It feels like he is just constantly wanting to please, wanting to impress, wanting to um, prove that he deserves to be king. And maybe that's because of, you know, how he grew up and that slave life. Totally get it. But I feel like this episode, choosing to listen to Siegfried and Eric, choosing to listen to the priests and just totally, you know, negating everything Uhtred ever, like tells you when this is a guy who saved your life. Yeah. And stuck his neck out for you when he did not have to. I mean, that just says so much to me about a person. Mm. It's such a choice and such a bad look to sell the guy who freed you from slavery back into slavery. I mean, it's just like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, like <laughs> so, I said, epi- that's my episode full of shitheads. They're all, you know, they're all worthy of being called a turd this week. That's for damn sure. Now, this is clearly a very serious podcast about a very serious show, but sometimes it's nice to indulge in a little thirst. It's 2019. The world is on fire. Honestly, we deserve this. So this is our time to celebrate the thirstiest moments that really blew our skirts up this episode. Jessica, how are you doing? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I mean, amidst all the steaming piles of shit in this episode, mm. there was some sexy time um, in a tent. It's it's really nice because Uhtred seems to always be upping his game. So, you know, <laughs> Brita got humped by a fire. Azult had to do it in the woods during wartime. But Gisela has graduated and she's getting getting it on in a tent. Fully enclosed. She gets a ceiling. Nobody's gotten a ceiling before. We're getting a ceiling. We're getting furs. We're getting, like, sides to your tent. No one can just, like, see what you're doing. Mm. Um, Yeah, she's she's really making out. My question, though, for this sexy time uh, scene that we have, (laughs) does Uhtred, like, have a magic dick? Mm. Like, he, this is, okay, so I'm assuming, I know it was Isolt's first time. Yeah. I don't know if it was Brita's. Maybe, maybe not. I think um, I think it was Brita's first time. I don't know. I mean, that, that first I don't think time, that would be out of the realm of possibility right. that it would have been her first that time. That first time by the fires, I got the impression that it was oh. her first time. Possibly even Uhtred's first time. Because they were both supposed to be like 17 or whatever at the time. Yeah. So. And they've grown up together. I mean, there's not a lot of other people around to get it on right. with. So. That would make sense. But it's definitely Gisela's first time because we talk about her virginity quite a bit this episode. Yuck. So, um, yeah. Gross. Uh, 
it's just like all of these women seem to to kind of enjoy their first time. And I'm like, dude, does is he like digmatizing them like for reals? <laughs> like there's something about his like, you know, it's, package that's right, like it's really working. Yeah. Look, listen. Uchard is clearly learning as he goes, and Gisela, you sure. know, she's reaping those rewards. She's having a better time <laughs> than everybody else, I think. So good for you, girl. That's why you waited out a little bit and, you know, let him acquire some experience. So That's right. right. So but there was one there was one moment that I really want to talk about because it really stuck out for me and I loved it. Um, when Uchard is waiting for her in the tent and she sees him when he tells her, I will leave if you wish. I will leave if you wish. I do not wish. And you cannot stay. Listen, our boy understands consent, and that is sexy as hell. Because I feel like... So true. Because I feel like all of, you know, the arguments against enthusiastic consent, everybody's like, well, uh, if you, like, ask, then it comes off as, like, you know, not assertive and wimpy and it's not sexy. False. I think <laughs> I think that is just <laughs> such a bullshit argument. And making sure that your partner is on board is not going to kill the romance. It's really, really not. And if Uhtred can understand this in 860 or whatever year it is right now, maybe 880, I think, is a little bit later. Like, men can learn this today. It really, They really can. Yeah, it reminds me of that episode, I don't know if you've seen it, of New Girl. Yep. Um, when they're talking about their first times, and it's like every, every, it's prom night, and everything this kid does to Jess, oh. he's like, do I have your permission? Yeah. Do I have your permission? And she ends up getting so pissed. Right. It, but that's not it. That's like, not we're it. We're not saying every step you've got to say, do I have your permission? Right. But, like, the fact that Uhtred, like, just starts off this whole encounter by saying, you're in control you here. Go. Right. Yeah. That's sexy. Like, that's, you know, don't, yeah, it's, I'm going to get annoyed if you keep fucking asking right. me every time you, like, you take off a piece of clothing. Sure. And understand. But if I'm giving you. Yeah, and understand the cues from your partner. Like, if someone is clearly right. uncomfortable, that's a different thing. But, like, I don't know. Asking, asking and making sure everything is kosher, like, that's a good thing. And Uhtred yes, proves that. <laughs> 100%. Read the room. Know your partner. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, if you're, if you're not sure, then ask. Right. Like, I... Always ask. Yeah. <laughs> Just always ask. <laughs> yeah. It's not okay. it's not hard, but you know, it like, seems to be difficult. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're like becoming like a PSA. I know. Like PSA. always ask. <laughs> Consent is sexy. No means no, you know. It is. True. We'll use like this kingdom of, this of uh, the last kingdom this episode right. as the PSA for consent. Yeah. Teaching um, love teaching it. teens about consent. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I think it's safe to say we've never been accused of being unenthusiastic in our fandom. We annoy our friends, our family, and now you are devoted listeners. Uh, Welcome to Geek Out, where we will offer up our humble suggestions about what we think you should be reading and watching. Alyssa, you go first this week. What are you geeking out about? You go first every week, Alyssa. I don't know why I say that. Uh, but it's fine. Because your, your choices are probably much better than Not mine. Not true. Not first. true at all. <laughs> um, for me, I'm kind of geeking out on Modern Love, which is on Amazon. Yes. It's, I got screeners for it. It comes out, I want to say, on October 18th is when the episodes drop on Prime. Um, but I okay. watched the first five episodes, and most of them I really liked. There was one that was kind of like just fine, but most of them I really enjoyed a a lot in particular the one with um, Dev Patel and Catherine Keener and then 
Ugh. So good. So good. Just like, what fucking talented people. Um, and then there's one with John Slattery and Tina Fey that is also really, really wonderful. Um, oh, so fun. Yeah. Tina Fey. Yeah, it's like... To see her acting. I know. I feel like we never see her anymore, and I miss Liz Lemon. Um, but yeah, it's like an anthology series, so each episode tells a different story. I want to say there's eight total in the season, and they're only about like a half hour long, so it's really like easily digestible. But not in a way that feels disposable, you know, like the stories have a lot of meat to them for being so short. And it's just it's a really it's really nice. I enjoyed them. I sort of watched them in between binging succession because I needed a break from the backstabbing a little bit. And this was a nice little palate cleanser. So, okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Is is it Hot Priest in this one, too? Hot Priest is in a later episode. I have not seen him yet. But okay. I know because okay, I've seen the trailer yes. and I I just zeroed in on him and I was like, <gasps> yes, yes. Hot Priest is there. I know Andrew Scott is in a later episode, but I have not gotten his episode yet. Okay, well, Dev I'm Patel sure it's wonderful, is like but... hook enough. I mean, yeah. you're gonna watch something if Dev Patel. I'm is in so it, excited. I'm so excited know. about his um, David Copperfield that's coming out. I'm just gonna watch the hell. Oh my out god, of it. I cannot wait. So good. Uh, I'm such a Dickens nerd. I'm such a Dev Patel stand. Like, give it to me now. Seriously, the top hats. Ugh, the top Ugh. hats and the hair. It's so good. So good. Anyway, what about you? What are you, what are you looking forward to? Okay, so we are almost into October. Yes. It's going to be uh, Halloween and Halloween soon, um, which is why I'm super excited. So Hulu has an original uh, movie coming out with Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Oscar, Oscar winner. And um, it is a zombie flick. Oh, and I think I saw the trailer for this. She's the teacher, little right? Little Monsters. Yes. Yes. She's like a little, so she's like a school grade teacher. She takes her class on this field trip. Josh Gad from Frozen <clears throat> is there. He plays this like asshole TV personality that's kind of like hosting the class. Mm-hmm. And while they're having their little field trip, a uh, zombie uh, outbreak happens. Amazing. <laughs> and they're forced to like protect these children. Um, and it just looks so weird and so gory and I just can't believe we're getting Lupita Nyong'o in a zombie movie I'm so excited yeah so yeah I love a good like horror comedy like sometimes I can't handle like full on horror but a horror comedy like A Cabin in the Woods or A Shaun of the Dead I'm all there 100% yeah give me some laughs yeah while you're chopping off heads yes, you know exactly so but yeah Josh Gad looks like he plays like such a such a dick in this in this movie so I'm really excited for that right. um, because I loved uh, I loved him in Beauty and the Beast when he played that character. Aww. But I'm I'm also just, like, excited to see, like, I don't know. It's nice to see, like, Lupita Nyong'o is such a good actress. Yeah. And she does drama so, so well. I don't think I've ever seen her do a comedy. No. That's what I'm like. I'm trying to remember if I've seen her do anything super funny like this. And I... I can't remember it being, like, this weird and this eccentric, so... Yeah, yeah I think... I'm just excited to see her in something different. Yeah, I mean, like, Black Panther has some quips, like, any Marvel movie, but it's not a comedy, so... No, yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. All right, guys. Uh, if you want to hear more of our bullshitting, check us out over on Twitter or at Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls. We've got links to everything below this episode. And until next time, destiny is all, bitches. Bitches.